Life on the Run, number 55, Mindfulness. Being mindful is, is about being aware of yourself, those around you and the environment in which you run. In the 2014 Ironman, I got to 27 kilometers into the run in about 12 to 13 hours and I picked the first signs of the wobbles. Under normal circumstances, I would have ignored it, but I knew straight away I was in trouble. I had spent 12 months preparing, all my family had come to the race, first time ever, and I was not going to let it fall apart. So I started walking, forcing food in at aid stations, and made it to the drop bag spot in which I had sandwiches. Nick saw me there, and though he couldn't help me, he said later I was slurring my words. I had come out the other side, completing my one and only Ironman on the back of experience and being mindful of my circumstances. I've got dozens of examples of how mindfulness has helped me in my running. Life on the Run, number 56, Endurance. I, I just treat endurance as a concept to keep running. By this I mean endurance of the mind, endurance of the body, and endurance just to keep running one foot at a time. I used to play mind games with myself to keep running. For years, I said I wouldn't walk, but yet I've graduated to walking now. And in recent years, I've adopted a run and walk routine to assure my longevity in running. The six kilometer running strategy is there to assure the endurance of my body. Six kilometers for about 45 minutes of running ensures I can keep running and some running and walking after this session builds more time on my feet, up to about 8Ks for an hour. Finally, in winter, to ensure I keep running and get out the door, I get dressed in old tracksuit pants and jumpers when I get home from work and after dinner. And usually after dinner, on a winter night, it's tricky to get out the door. This strategy works because all I have to do is put on the beanie and shoes and I go out the door and the run happens. My view of endurance is a bit different to the traditional view of endurance for runners. Anything to keep me getting out the door. Life on the run, number 57, planning. In significant events where I know I will be on the edge of my comfort zone and ability, I plan if not over plan. These races included the Ironman, 6 foot track, 12 hour races. I would plan out everything from spreadsheets for food, balance training, race strategy, recovery and the next race. Other events more in my comfort zones like normal runs and even marathons run slowly I just participate based on past experiences. Sometimes this, work, this works and other times it was pretty ugly. Finally the best laid plans for runs and training need to be tossed sometimes. The best example is how I came to 6km running. I was getting injured in my 40s when I was running longer distances and did more racing and training in those days, about 15 years ago. I had a hip flexor issue which went for four years, including multiple specialists and health professionals helping me out. Then I got metatarsal injuries for the next three years. Clearly the plan had to change. It included in treatment, curative and preventative medicine and health strategies and then a change to my general running regime. In the end, the plan was reverted to rest and the discovery of six kilometre running. It was ideal distance for me because it gave me a reasonable level of fitness. 
I got the psychological benefits from running and it ensured my longevity, well, at least till 60 so far. Running has taught me to have a plan to use when it's necessary, but sometimes you don't have to use it at all and be prepared to toss it out the window. Life on the run, number 58, triathlons. I really can't talk about running without mentioning triathlons. For me, they have gone hand in hand with my running for almost four decades. I feel that any longevity that I've had with running is due to the cross-training benefits of swimming and riding. Not that I do a lot of swimming and riding these days. Although running was the first thing I did in barrel, it soon transitioned to a lot of triathlons when it was very raw and very new. We all experimented. The races were safe. But it wasn't as professional looking as it was today. And I actually quite liked that. After competing in a dozen races each year in the middle to the late 1980s, I cut right back to only do the Nepean Triathlon. I did 10 of them in a row. Actually, I missed 1998 up to 1995. And then I had a 10-year break and I returned to racing then from 2005 for the next 10 years or so, completing a total of 20 of these races with many of the friends here who might be reading this. I wanted to do an Ironman in the 1980s, but was too scared to do the training. I unsuccessfully tried to qualify for the Port Macquarie Ironman in 2005 with the support of some cool running friends. After coming out the other side of a hip and metatarsal injuries in 2014, I finally did the race. These days I don't do triathlons anymore. Perhaps if a more iconic race appeared in Sydney, I might consider it again. But I'm spooked to ride now, and I feel I've been lucky to date, so I don't want to risk it, even though I've had a couple of crashes and falls. I can see myself in the future graduating to more swimming if I have to ease up in my running in years to come. I should also consider swimming because I have no upper body strength. I am great, very grateful for triathlons. Life on the run, number 59. Six kilometre running. I know I've talked a lot about six kilometre running, but this observation sort of brings it all together. I spend most of my spare time and my active time thinking about running. In fact, I think about running more than I run. I get up in the morning and it's not too long before I think about the run I'm going to do, hopefully that day. At the end of the week, I work out what run I can do for the rest of the week. And at the end of the month, I see my running log and see how many kilometres I have to run and then I work out who I can meet up with and where I can go. Six kilometre running has been been my saviour and has enabled me to keep running. I run most of the time on weekends, both days, and usually two, hopefully three runs on the week. In the holidays, I run every day, sometimes twice a day. Since I don't ride too much these days, I get more soreness than holidays, so I spend a lot of time thinking about how to manage this. The solution came gradually through six-kilometre running. Let me explain. My six-kilometre runs are generally between 42 and 45 minutes. I felt it was better to have an hour's exercise, so I decided to add a two-kilometre walk at the end of each six-kilometre run. More time on my feet was better for my health and fitness, I rationalised. Soon I added 300 metres running to the seventh and the eighth kilometre, with 700 metres walking for each. I had to fine-tune this one more time because my feet were getting sore as I was running 
all the time. So what did I do? I developed the two day two concept, which is not actually a sequential day, but rather a day when I exercise, but in a manner which was easy for my body. What does it look like? I, it, would, it would involve running the 300 meters of each kilometer up to six to seven kilometers. The goal was to finish in around an hour. The gold medal being seven kilometers for the hour, which would involve a decent pace for each 300 meter running and a concentration to walk fast. That's my story about six kilometer running. Life on the run, observation number 60. Writing. Writing has become out of my running. Running has led me to writing about running. I don't know where it's going to take me, but in my mind I've been working through these 60 observations for the past few years. They may seem random to you, but there are some common themes that I've pulled together soon after the 2014 Ironman. I'm not a very good writer, but I like the process. And apologies for all the grammar and spelling mistakes. I'm very poor at proofreading. There's sometimes a lack of clarity and a simplicity of language. And perhaps even, I'm pretty loose on fact-checking. It's more of a narrative and a story rather than any deep analysis. And I prefer it that way. Though I've kept a pub book and have done a lot of pseudo-professional writing... I have only written on running twice. Well, in fact, actually, it was on triathlons. Once was an article for a triathlon magazine in the 1980s after the New Zealand trip a friend of mine and myself did to race triathlons. The other was a Strider's publication called Sliding Out the Back of the Pack about my experience of slowing down as I ticked off 20 Nepean triathlons. I have really enjoyed these 60 observations I've put together on Life on the Run. And Life on the Run is a working title of what I've done so far. I'm not sure what will come of it, but we'll see what happens. I would like to keep writing and running in a more coherent manner, build on some of the details of the stories I've shared and the experience, and I'd really like to get the collective wisdom, wisdom from other runners. Some runners like to write first before sharing. I like to put my thoughts out there and I have really appreciated the feedback from those who have commented. Also, there are a handful of people who have not in Facebook land whom I've shared these with and now and then I've had some assistance with ed editing almost 10,000 words that I've written in the month of January for these 60 observations for Life on the Run in 2021. But I'm not an island and why not make use of the collective wisdom of all you runners and even non-runners. I now need to build a framework for all these thoughts, develop a bit of a structure and a sequence, as well as the narrative and a style that will engage an audience. I feel like I'm trying to put a square peg into a round hole, and I don't know if I need to reshape the peg or change the hole. I've made some progress in the process of writing, but I still need some collective wisdom to move forward. What's next? I've been thinking about a framework for writing about running and I've broken it down into three stages, each with a pair of actions or pathways on a journey. All of these are supported at the base initially with 60 observations. The three stages are thinking, doing and originally I had winning 
but after some more reflection, I've changed it to thriving. So it's thinking, doing and thriving. Thinking involves firstly having a vision and secondly having a plan. And I've talked about vision and planning in the 60 observations. Doing requires concentration and mindfulness. And I've talked about those in the 60 observation. And finally, thriving requires balance and reflection. Well, that's the end of my 60 observations and episode 6 of Life on the Run. Thank you for taking the time for being with me. Bye for now.